it's JT, and I'm excited because I've just booked my flights and I'm coming to a city near you. I will be in Poland and Germany in July. Then I'll be in the UK and Scotland in August. Then I'll be making the trip over to the United States and Canada for September. If you would like a Bulletproof for BJJ seminar, contact us. Email jt at bulletproofforbjj.com and book your seminar today. Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I am JT, and today on the podcast, we have a very special guest. Is my good lady, Siobhan Moran, and she is a practicing physio from Sports and Spinal on the Sunshine Coast. She is also uh, a good member of the Bulletproof for BJJ community, and she's doing BJJ at Temple BJJ. Welcome, Siobhan. How are you going? Good. Thanks for having me. Excited. My (laughs) great pleasure. I can't wait to... uh, Faust upon you all of the uh, BJJ injury questions that everybody has. (laughs) Can't wait. Let's start at the start because, you know, it's hard to find physios who understand BJJ. Yep. There are plenty of good physios out there, but to find someone who actually does jujitsu, understand it, gets it, uh, is not the easiest thing. So let's start at the start. Mm -hmm. How did you get into being a physiotherapist? All right, so I'm currently in my third year of practicing out of uni. During high school, I always wanted to be a vet, actually. Uh, But then, yeah, halfway through 12, I decided I didn't want to do that, and I was a bit lost. Um, But I always loved PE and biology, so I decided what mixes the two of those together. Physio, so I managed to get into the course um, at La Trobe in Melbourne, which was really lucky, and then, yeah, went through and actually really loved it, which was lucky. <laughs> Did my four-year uni degree and um, worked with some like footy clubs during that as well. Really enjoyed the sports side of it. And then, yeah, worked for a year in Melbourne at a clinic. And then about 14 months ago, I moved up here to the Sunshine Coast. So I've been working up here ever since. Nice. Yeah. Having your physio therapy background. Yes. Yep. At what point in the journey does jujitsu come into the picture for you? When did I start jiu-jitsu? I've been doing it for about four and a half years, so probably halfway through uni, uh, to quit football, playing um, AFL, to be able to fit in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> yeah, I was doing karate for a bit longer before that, probably from year 11 onwards. And then, yeah, at my karate club, one of our black belts, he is a black belt under John Will and Melbourne. So, yeah, he had his own club out in Ballarat and then he would come down to Melbourne to our club once or twice a week um, to run some jiu-jitsu classes as a bit of an extension from his own jiu-jitsu school. And then, yeah, I kept watching them and thinking, oh, this is really cool. I'm going to do that. So then, yeah, I uh, finally gave it a go and absolutely loved it. It's fun being able to tackle people and, and wrestle people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Then, yeah, so I've been doing it ever since then. And do you think that you're, because you mentioned that you were playing footy, right? Yeah. And for most people out there, depending on where you are in Australia or the world, yep. we're talking about <laughs> AFL, right? I'm talking AFL, yeah. I'm from Victoria, so AFL is footy. <laughs> <laughs> and do you think that that gave you a bit of a orientation to, like, because obviously there's a bit of bump uh, yes. with AFL, that yeah. made you less sensitive coming into your, like, first Jiu-Jitsu experience? Yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, my footy coach used to always say, like, because the karate that I did, we did have some, you know, a fair bit of grappling. And because we had that guy that taught the jiu-jitsu, you know, he had integrated some of the jiu-jitsu into our karate curriculum. So it wasn't completely fresh. So my footy coach always said I was good at tackling. And then, yeah, I definitely had that sort of body contact exposure prior Grapple to Grapple and tackle. Yeah, <laughs> it was my favourite part. <laughs> nice. um, so, and it was good because, like, the people that were doing the jiu-jitsu, I already knew them. So it was really comfortable. Um yeah, I think walking in fresh to a club, especially as a girl, would be really hard if you didn't have something prior. So mad respect to everyone that does that. 
Um, yeah. And I think for some guys too, like it's yeah, definitely I, just coming into a, such a weird yeah. environment, it's very even different. though, you know, obviously the voice of Joe Rogan ringing in your ears <laughs> going, I got to do this. Everyone Joe said so. <laughs> and then you're like, what are they doing Yeah, on the floor rolling around? This is weird. And uncomfortable when you're not used to it for sure. Yeah. And then just getting some big sweaty guy squashing yeah. on you from side yep. control. <laughs> It's bizarre, isn't it? <laughs> but we love it. And it's fun. Yep. How long have you been training BJJ now? Four and a half years, minus okay. a year of injury and COVID. So, yeah. Yeah. But you, you, you're in deep enough. You're yeah, part of a jujitsu cult. <laughs> that's it. Definitely. Not getting out. So, with, with that in mind, yep. what has been your experience of injuries personally? And then, how do you approach that being a physio? Yeah, so I've been lucky with jiu-jitsu, actually. I haven't really done anything from jits. I think I, I don't know, I've got enough awareness of my body that I know when to tap or pull out or, like, let things go. Yep. So the only real injury I had was from wakeboarding. I tore a bunch of the ligaments in my hip. Um, oh, hip yeah, injury. Dang. Labrum. So that was fun. I had to get Oof. that repaired. Um, so that was, like, yeah. <laughs> That's my big injury, but it wasn't from jiu-jitsu. Talk about that a little bit, like, yeah. because most people in jiu-jitsu usually suffer other major joint injuries, yeah. not necessarily hip. Yeah. But if you're tearing your labrum is a serious thing. Yeah. Especially when it's a acute traumatic thing. Um, yeah, so I did that wakeboarding. So I managed to get by about six months without surgery, and then it just got super sore because... I kept training. <laughs> um, yeah, it's very smart. But then yeah, listen so, to you, Miss Physio, <laughs> training with your injury. My goodness, I know, huh? my own worst enemy. It was actually all right. It, like it calmed down probably ninety five percent, and then it just slowly got a bit worse because it just I tore like the anterior and posterior labrum and tore some cartilage up with it and just made a real mess. Wow. It, now, yeah. for, for people out there who <laughs> have no idea what a labrum is. Yes. True. And look, I'm a bit of an anatomy nerd, so yeah. <laughs> I, I do understand what it is. Yeah. Uh, also, a lot of people out there who've never had a hip injury, and I have, yeah. uh, may not understand how painful it is. Yeah. I think this is going to speak to you are a very tough person. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Maybe. How I'm... were you even walking around, let alone doing bloody jujitsu? Yeah. Like I said, it settled fairly well. Like I sort of was on top of it pretty quickly. Like when it happened, I suppose all of the muscles in my leg seized up as a bit of a protective mechanism, but that mm-hmm. settled within a week or so. Um, I just had a bit of groin pain, just light burning. Um, but, you know, I could do everything. Some grapevine takedowns were a little bit hard, but <laughs> everything else was all right. Um, but then after a while, it, it got worse and worse until the point I couldn't walk properly. And then I'm like, yeah, I should probably go get a scan. <laughs> and then, and then oh, yeah, we realized how bad it was. So, yeah, did get the surgery in the end, um, which was a whole thing in itself. Um, so, yeah, because that's something that yeah. is not commonly talked about. A lot of people out there have lingering issues yes. that may be similar to yourself. Just kind of let it run until you can no longer stand it. But the thing that isn't discussed, and Joey's talked about this plenty, is surgery is its own type of trauma. And then you've got to deal with, like, it's not just like the surgery happens, magical wand, you're fixed. You've got to rehab from, even even though it's keyhole or whatever it might be, like, you've got to bounce back from that. So what was the easy, like, what was the kind of comeback timeline from you having surgery on your hip it was pretty slow I I mean this was like peak COVID lockdown in Melbourne so I just snuck in to get surgery before they stopped doing the elective surgeries um lucky yeah which is really lucky but then a couple of weeks after I was about two weeks post-op and then my family got COVID so we were in lockdown for about a month so I missed that early rehab which in hindsight like made a big difference not being able to really do anything early and me thinking I could rehab it myself as well which lesson learned physios need physios <laughs> and coaches need coaches true like that the hard way um so yeah we like I got it pretty good um but I suppose overall it's probably like six to probably nine months before it felt reasonable and even then I still sometimes have problems Moments. with it but generally like it doesn't stop me doing anything now um 
but yeah, I was lucky because no one else is doing jujitsu either because it was COVID. Right. <laughs> so I didn't right. feel so bad missing it. You didn't have crazy FOMO. No, which is lucky. Good timing for me. Otherwise, it would have been very miserable. <laughs> it's tough, isn't it, when you yeah. get sidelined through injury? Especially such a long-term thing. So, yeah, it was yeah, a lot sore than I thought it would be post-op. Yeah. And just, yeah, you lose a lot of stability when they do that because they do actually have to pop your hip joint when they do the labral repair. So, you like, now even, like, you just lose that stability in your hip forever, basically. And so you had to do a lot of subsequent you know, tightening, strengthening, stability yeah. work around the hip, right? Yeah, still do. Same as if you do ACL, you can't go to do it forever. Yeah, it's for, <laughs> it's for life. Yeah, <laughs> I'm stuck with that one now. Um, yeah. But, yeah, constantly working on it. That's pretty major. Yeah. All right. And now do you, like, which hip was it? My left hip. Is that, like, left glute, like, massive? You know how tennis players <laughs> get, like, a really strong arm yeah, from, like, good. always swinging the racket? You, you're always just doing, like, like fire hydrants and yep. glute activation on that side. you got this big yes. left glute. <laughs> it's not too bad. My left back is super tight just as a compensatory thing still. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's still a work in progress. It took my glutes ages to... I don't like the word switch on, but feel like feel like they were working. Feel the connection. Yeah, like I mean, they're obviously working. I was walking around, but yeah, to feel that connection. Hey, there's plenty of people connection. walking around whose glutes <laughs> are not working properly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took. It's been a very good learning curve. Now I love treating hips because I get it now. Um, but it's yeah. interesting, isn't it, that you mm. injury is such a educator. Yes. Uh, whether you're, you know, you're a physio or you're just a regular person doing jujitsu, you get yeah. a bad injury and you go through that process of seeing the yeah. physio, seeing the surgeons, yeah. doing the bloody rehab, and then you really yeah. understand mm. what makes a joint work. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't want to do that again. <laughs> yeah, like, no more serious injuries, please. But now I have good empathy for all my patients that come through with, with big things and having the sound stuff. So I think that's, it's been helpful in that way. With your practice, are you seeing are you seeing any jujitsu people come through at all? Like, is there a bit of a connection there? So I talk to the people at the club while they're there and sort of screen them as needed. Um, no, I don't see too many. We're a fairly like general clinic, so I just see absolutely everything. I do prefer like legs, lower limb stuff. Um, but I get a few like different combat. Sport people because I was going to say in Queensland, and this mm. is a gross generalization, but from what <laughs> from what I understand, like you yep. know, kickboxing is mm. incredibly popular, and some of the greatest kickboxers to ever, like you know, and I'm sure some Melbourne yep. people are going to get upset about this, <laughs> but you know, like yeah. you know, uh, Wayne Park, John Wayne Park, JWP, the yep. legend, uh, out of Buntu Gym. Uh, mm. I'm a huge fan of his. I, I went to that gym uh, in Burley yep. many years ago. Uh, and, and the culture of kickboxing is, mm. is very big uh, in Queensland. Do you do you see kickboxers coming through with injuries? Or uh, we've had a few through um, that I've seen. Had a good like a professional boxer come in recently. Um, that was pretty cool. One of the others saw him. Um, yeah, not hips. I think on the coast there seems to be a lot of jiu-jitsu. I've definitely noticed that. And there's a really large Brazilian community um, on the sunny coast as well. Nice. So yeah, definitely lots of jiu-jitsu gyms. Um, and yeah, we do see a few come through probably more than kickboxing, I reckon. Okay. What I wanted to do is circle around because within Bulletproof, both Joey and I are constantly having conversations with people on and off the mats. It's like when someone finds out, oh, you're a physio or you're a dentist, (laughs) you know, just randomly they're like, Hey, (laughs) can you just have a look at my ankle? It's a bit stiff. I like kind of twist it. You're like, dude, we're we're at a party, like chill. I, <laughs> I, do <laughs> I, don't, yep. I don't want to. I don't want to do the uh, range of motion analysis this minute. Yeah, people don't realize how like complex an assessment can be. It's yeah. not just a five second thing. And I, don't get me wrong, I've had that many injuries over mm. time from doing taekwondo yeah. as well as doing Brazilian jiu jitsu. That when you have a niggling injury, it's the worst. Yes, and I, 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 I get it. You know, nearly all of us have something if you do combat sports or footy or whatever you do there's always something and if you don't have a niggle you're probably not training (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's right it's it's always there residually and i guess what i'd like to ask you especially for people listening in Mm. is they're going to be like all right excellent physio mastermind tell us all of the answers down the internet (laughs) 
What are yeah. common mistakes or is there anything that you see on the mat or yeah. with teammates or in your experience of jiu-jitsu that you feel could be corrected or, or, or some advice that you would give people who are doing jiu-jitsu to either help avoid injury or not make it worse in your experience? I think a lot of people, I suppose this is what you guys go on about as well, is just only doing jiu-jitsu and nothing else. Um, so, you know, whether that's your strengthening or your stretching or both ideally, like I know a lot of people at our gym just train jits. So I've been trying to get them to do your program actually. Um, <laughs> oh, why, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Or, or doing the wrong things at the gym, right? Like, you know, just sort of doing more things that would exacerbate those jujitsu like positions and, you know, and issues, um, and not doing you know, the reverse, like what you guys, um, try and get doing. So that's probably the main thing um we seem to get a lot of rib and knee injuries at our club um so I think some of them just not knowing your own limits or when to tap or when to you know let go or roll out of something and you know as well or just a bit of body awareness as well especially for knees like Mm, definitely yeah a lot of people are training you know if they're training strength they're not training like their agility or, or proprioceptive things where they have that good control of their knee which is obviously going to be massive. And do you find, because we actually did an episode on this not too long ago. We were talking about that different actions you do when you're passing guard versus when you're playing guard. Yeah. And so that's, it might sound controversial, but when we actually look at the movement patterns quite Mm. seriously, myself, even with knee injuries, when I've come back, I, I didn't play guard for the first kind of two, three months yeah. Because I needed to have my foot on the ground to stabilize yep. my knee. Just putting my leg up in the air where someone yep. can just grab it and yank it yep. is not really a, an ideal position. Yeah. At your gym, you're saying you're seeing knee and rib injuries. Yeah. Do people play more guard? Are people doing more takedowns? Like what is it do you think? Are you seeing any common patterns that might be resulting in these injuries? Um, with the knees, I seem to see more like like a kind of pivot shift injury where they've got their foot planted actually in – someone else's guard and they're trying to pass and they twist, but the other person, you know, pushes their legs to the side and they have their foot planted and their knee gets ripped around. And I've seen a few near misses um, with that one, as well as people just jumping <laughs> and doing like cartwheels over the top of people and landing funny. Wow. And yeah. <laughs> and is this, what belt level is this? Because this is could be uh, another qualification on white it White and blue belts, I suppose. Oh, classic. Yeah, every, everyone. Um, yeah, I think especially if you've got a partner that's a bit less experienced and they don't know how to protect you or, you know, how knees should go. <laughs> um, I know when you're doing a few leg locks, there was a few people that were getting some, some knee injuries. Um, uh-huh. so we stopped doing those for a while. <laughs> it's difficult Just, because everyone got a little bit more mature throughout the jujitsu journey. So they knew what was going on a bit more. I think there was a few like people that were still pretty fresh so they didn't sort of have that appreciation of you know limits for people and and whatnot so that's yeah, been I, which is really good I, I think that's another thing that's good to touch on is that yeah. you know don't get me wrong I, I feel like when I was training at absolute uh, MMA in Melbourne mm-hmm. you had to be a blue belt to be able to do leg locks like I, I mean all, all the all the white belts were like but we want to learn it and Lockie was like, no, I mean, you can learn defenses and stuff, but you can't actually roll with leg locks, yeah, uh, like heel That's hooks, toe holds, knee bars. And then also it was a, a clear understanding that most people, you don't feel pain in the joint yes. before your ligaments snap. You, you know, yeah. you might, you might <laughs> feel, you might feel tension. You might feel, oh, my, oh, my knee's yep. a bit tight. And yep. then, and then, oh, that's oh, yeah. a, Need reconstruction. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, not good. Yeah, I think that's a good rule. I think that's probably what Lucas, my current coach, is going to do. I'm sure we'll come around to it soon. But, yeah, there was a few people getting a bit too excited with them. <laughs> it was causing some problems. And I guess the other thing I'd ask you, mm. because, you know, it's not a matter of uh, blaming lower belts at all, no. but generally I don't know if this is just like a, a confirmation bias <laughs> you know, because as the longer you stay in jiu-jitsu, you become yeah. more aware of injuries, right? Yes, yeah. And so you don't, once you've had that surgery level injury, you're like, uh, yeah. please, no, I don't want that yeah. again. So yeah. then either you become more conservative or you play a game that doesn't p- push you down that track. Yep. 
you know, and that, that idea of training smarter yes. for yourself, mm. would you say that that is, is the case that you would see probably maybe less experienced grapplers getting more injured than more experienced grapplers? Or is that just a bit of a, is it evenly distributed? What, what do you see? I reckon it's probably more even with ours. I think the people that are a bit higher up definitely train smarter and, you know, obviously understand it a lot more, but they still seem to cough the injuries. I don't know if it's just because they all, they all tend to be a little bit older or what's going on there, but I think ours is relatively evenly spread. Maybe the higher belts are trying sort of more complex things, so they're copying injuries that way. Would you attribute probably the fact that across the board, is there anyone that you can look to who really looks after their bodies? Do you know, have you met anyone where you're like, <laughs> wow, that person is <laughs> really not injured because they're so strong and flexible? Ooh, at our gym specifically, I'm trying to think. Oh, in general, is there anyone you've met <laughs> in jiu-jitsu who has been able to, you know, skirt the pitfalls of injury. I don't know. I think everyone cops something at some stage. I think it's inevitable no matter how well you take care of yourself, you know. If your partner just does the wrong thing and you get caught in the wrong spot, like, Mm. you know, it doesn't matter, right? Yeah, no Um, one's getting out unscathed. No. (laughs) Uh, I can't think of anyone specifically, no. Everyone's pretty good, but I don't know that anyone – oh, actually, no, we do have a couple of blue belts that are pretty – pretty switched on with it and they do a lot of gym and, and rehab um but yeah they still cop injuries <laughs> okay and so for yourself now mm. with your own jiu-jitsu your physio yep. obviously you do your best to set a good example yes. but it sounds yep. like you're a bit of a savage so you, <laughs> there's a bit of no. there's a bit of tough girl pride in there that you just Ooh. like want to get after it you've been doing a bit of bulletproof yes is there anything in particular that you've changed or you do differently now compared mm. to previously? A lot more single leg stuff. And I've grown to love kettlebells. Oh, there you go. Look <laughs> out. Now. Um, I think the single leg stuff or single arm as well made a big difference. And just understanding how to, you know, incorporate some good core work within those like exercises, like you bent over road progressions, for example, being really cool. The mobility exercises as well, there's been some in there that I really struggle with actually. So they've been really good. <laughs> nice. They're the thing I, I dislike doing the most. Love doing strength work, but mobility is always the thing I have to force myself oh, to do. <laughs> that is honestly, that would be everybody because everybody goes, oh, the mobility is the best. Like when yeah. I do it, I feel so much better. Yeah. But it, it <laughs> kind of sucks, right? Horrible. So, <laughs> Almost no one does it consistently. Someone's yeah. like, I did it one time. It felt awesome, but I just, I haven't, I haven't had time. Yeah. But I've been able to yeah. do all the strength training. But yeah, just, that's, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, we've been, we've been good actually at our club. Like everyone's staying after class now and doing some stretches for about 10 minutes, which has been really cool. Nice. Which we've started doing. Still going to get the before class stretches going a little bit better. But um, yeah, definitely the mobility the thing that I've learned a lot from and now having to do it. Never used to have to do it, but I do now. <laughs> <laughs> I always used to get away with it and now now I don't. So Well look, you look very young. I, I have no idea actually how old you are. I, I don't say it in a condescending way. <laughs> Twenty four. Still, uh, still young. <laughs> uh, of course. And but uh, to be honest, I have met some really useful older people. Yeah. And they've just looked after their rigs. You know, they've yeah. eaten well They've done yoga, they've lifted yeah. weights, they've gone hiking, you know. Yeah. And then the classic is you meet the young person yeah. who just <laughs> just wrecks themselves, yeah. parties really hard, eats bad, you know, doesn't sleep. And yeah. you look at them and you're like, man, you mm-hmm. look like you're 45 and you're 25. Yeah. What's wrong? Yeah. And, and really I feel like jujitsu is an accelerated version of that. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we're basically bending joints the wrong way. I don't know why we like it so much. <laughs> uh, you know, it, I, I think it, you know, if everyone is different, but it taps yeah. in on something quite primal, yes, uh, relevant Great. to connection and also struggling, you yes. know, that kind of fight to the death element that you just don't get exposed to. Right. It's not a thing anymore, hey? Doing anything else. And yeah. then also community. We meet like-minded, crazy people who <laughs> like to do what we do. Yeah, that was like the best thing. Like first thing I did when I moved up here, joined a jiu-jitsu club, found a good one. Nice. So that's, yeah. That's cool. And look, I wanted to, obviously there are some limits to our 
ability to uh, diagnose yes. and <laughs> prescribe and all that kind of stuff. But I yeah. did put it out to the community if they had a couple of questions. Yeah. And what I thought we would do is we'd probably just discuss it in a more general way so yeah. that those people had just some um, key points for reference as opposed to super specific, this yeah. is how you do <laughs> that rehab. Sadly. <laughs> Everything's so every injury is so different. I suppose that's why you we really have to need to get it in front of you, don't you? Yeah, you know, you can have an injury to your hamstring, but it could be grade one, two, or three. You know, depends on your age and your fitness level and your lifestyle, what you do for work. Everything has such a, a big impact on it. So that's why, you know, finding someone that understands jujitsu or combat sports, or even just generally, if they understand sports, I think they're going to have the capacity to understand jiu-jitsu if you describe it to them. Yeah, it's important as a good resource to have around you if you do cop an injury. But, yeah, we'll do our best. <laughs> no, that's cool. Well, I just thought I'd put it out there if you had any general recommendations um, yep. because sometimes people just have no idea. Yeah, And definitely. you are someone who has very a very good idea. So you, <laughs> I have you an could- idea, help them out yes the first question was actually around a torn tendon in the finger referring Mm. to the uh, kind of mallet finger injury yep and it was just around rehab and injury management for something like that a a torn tendon in the finger do you can you can you speak to that or would you give any recommendations as to what they should do Go see a hand therapist, number one. Um, so so they, they need to see a specific one for that one, yeah. A general physio could be able to do it, but hands are quite complex. So generally, like, there's a subspecialty of physio. It's like a hand therapist. So they can do things like splints and whatnot, which is what you would need for a mallet finger. Um, so that's when the tendon that straightens your finger gets torn so that you can't like actively straighten the tip of your finger by yourself. So yeah, not good. It happens when you like hyper flex the joint. So it gets bent too far, tendon snaps. So you'll need to be in a splint full time. It needs to be a custom splint as well for at least six weeks. You know, yeah, it's, it's not a good thing. You got to let the tendon sort of heal as best as it can. And from then it's more of a graded weaning of the splint and some really, you know, gentle active straightening, really gentle um, guided bending of the finger. Um, but, it, yeah, it's at least a 12-week injury with the splint. Um, but, yeah, you definitely need to see someone for that. I wouldn't do that by yourself. <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, that's, that's good. I mean, that's good advice. You need to, yeah, get a custom splint for that one because you don't want to have a finger that you can't straighten. It's not yeah. good. <laughs> well, no, a guy at our gym, Dan, he's got that on his uh, on his pinky finger. It's just permanently bent. Yes, uh, yeah. I thought he was just always doing something weird when I'd shake his hand. I'm like, that's is he giving me the weird like inside? Yeah. Thing? Like, and then, then yeah, he's got this kind of like you know yeah. just this permanent. Oh bend. wow! Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah, tough. Not, yeah, it makes a big difference to your quality of life if you can't use your fingers properly. So it's definitely one to get onto ASAP and do it properly. Yes, I'll, I'll make sure. Yeah. I'm going to go back and. A bit late for Dan, <laughs> maybe. No, no, no. Well, I, yeah, I'm going to go back and recount, you know, a bit of this information just to help direct people in the right way. Yeah, because definitely. Stuff like that. The sooner you can get on top of it, um, the more chance you have of the tendon healing. Yeah. So don't just leave it. No. Go see someone as soon as you can. Now, try and keep, if it's malleting, try and keep it straight in the meantime. Keep it straight. So just get those paddle pop sticks and just tape yeah, them up. I and need it like something. Yeah. Ne- next thing was uh, conservative treatment mm. for ACL and meniscus uh, tear. I know who yeah. this is coming from. Now, I, yeah. I, I, I've known this person for a little while. They yeah. did this injury a while ago and clearly okay. have not had surgery. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now, that's fine. Don't know what I, surgery. From what I understand, he's a very active man. Bit of a BJJ monster, has an active job. I don't believe the tear was complete. Uh, Like it it wasn't like a complete rupture of the ACL. It was it was a tear, but there was some meniscus damage as well. Yeah. But the last time I saw this gentleman, which is you know eighteen months ago, he Mm. he was moving around. He had discomfort, but he was still quite active. Felt pretty stable. I believe the reason why he's posted this question 
is, I'm just assuming here, but I just want to give some context to the question. Yes. It's a big question, otherwise. <laughs> what what can he do short of surgery? Is it do you know what I mean? Obviously, yeah. you don't know the grade of the tear, you don't know no. how, you don't know the type of tear of the meniscus. But if yeah. somebody was looking to avoid surgery and they yep. could still, you know, kind of squat and yeah. move, yeah. how would you approach that? Yeah, so I assume we'll we assume he's what we call like a copa. So he has, you know, reasonable stability in his knee. It's not catching or clicking or locking or anything like that. Um, there's a lot of non-operative um, MCL at the um, and meniscus at the moment. Stage one, I suppose if it's an acute, you know, fresh injury, you want to try and get like a quiet knee. So keep it, you know, low swelling, not too sore. Um, not too harsh or anything like that. From there, you want to work a lot of single leg strength and stability exercises. So kind of like you guys do in your program, a lot of single leg squats, single leg bridges, single leg deadlifts, et cetera. And you want to try and get your strength in that knee as good as the strength in the other knee. That includes good form within that as well Um, because your ACL is super important, obviously, for stability. When you're doing your exercises, you want to make sure that, you know, your knee is not caving in massively when you're doing your squats and things like that. So sometimes you need to do a lot of hip strengthening as well because that's really important for your knee control. And then I suppose from there, like we've got a few of these at our gym as well, like the partial ACLs, Um, and they're all really strong guys, but I think what they might be lacking is adding in sort of the jumping and the hopping and agility change of direction work because, like I said earlier, in jiu-jitsu, you know, it's so dynamic and you can't control what, you know, your opponent's doing or anything like that. You need to have really good control of your knee and, you know, good proprioception when things are a bit more, you know, yeah, dynamic. So jumping, hopping and things like that. And you can progress those as well. Like you can start just on the ground, you know, jumping double legs. You can progress that to hopping, going sideways, jumping off things, unstable surfaces, I think that sort of higher end of rehab um, is probably the part that a lot of people miss, especially. So, so, so relevant to that because we will be releasing our kind of prehab coach, yeah. even though the term prehab is generally uh, associated with pre-surgery work, the way in which we use the term is like preventative yeah. rehab. I yeah. guess if you could term it, that you're, yes. you're doing something where you notice you've got a, a, a niggle or a, a weakness or an insufficiency yeah. Yeah. and we're basically just trying to bring that limb yeah. or that joint back to a, a parity or an even level yeah. to your unaffected side. Yeah. And and p- part of that is eventually adding a degree of dynamic load or, or yeah. a range under load yes. and hopping and, and stabilising is definitely, really hard. yeah, yeah it's, it's harder than people think. Yeah. If somebody, and this is just a side question, I'll digress yep. slightly. Yep. If somebody is in this kind of situation mm. and it's not necessarily they've got knee pain, and this yep. is very general. Yeah. But would you say it is safe for somebody if they cannot hop on the spot mm. without getting really acute knee pain, should they not go back to jujitsu? Uh <laughs> you putting yourself at extra risk, I suppose. I'm not gonna ever say don't train, but you know, if oh, that's, oh, that's how a dare you, you'd be one of the first physios to say that. Almost every physio just goes, don't train. Nearly every yeah. physio I've ever, ever. <laughs> I suppose, like uh, you guys talked about in your podcast the other week, you know, there's different degrees to what you can train, right? Like rolling's going to be very different to just doing a beginner's class and yeah. drills or whatever. So, you know, you have to pick where your level is, but hopping's a pretty basic thing. And, you definitely should be able to do that if you wanted to do something as high level as jiu-jitsu is because it's, yeah, jiu-jitsu is a very complex sport and I think we all appreciate that enough. Yes. And so as a bit of a litmus (laughs) test, you know, like as a bit of a barrier to entry, you know, I I mean, I do this with my own clients. Yeah. I will say to them, okay, let's just hop up and down on the spot. How did that feel? Are you getting stabbing pain in your knee? Or kind of, yeah. Yeah. I look at the quality of their movement and I think, hmm, yeah. they're not stable there or that then no. you know, it's not working well. No, yeah. So if you can't do that, I yeah, I'm probably I'm, shouldn't be training, or at least only doing the, the lowest level of training you can do. Yeah, without yeah. overstressing it. Yeah. 
Now, when it comes to, I'm going to the next question, which is uh, soft tissue injuries. <laughs> now, that's it's very general. <laughs> you very. Know. You know, but if we're talking, I guess soft tissue is, is muscular, right? Yeah. Is it safe to say? <laughs> in this context, know. we'll say yes. Technically, it includes tendons and ligaments and everything, but. Inform me here. Yeah. I was under the impression that uh, ligaments, are they are they soft tissue still? Technically, I believe. Okay. Okay. Because that makes it pretty broad. I'll, we'll say, I assume in this context, they mean muscle. Okay. Let's let's talk about that because the question was soft tissue injuries and uh, kind of returning to training. Yeah. So obviously within the health profession, uh, I'll get you to step it out because obviously you're the qualified person um, <laughs> and we always try and adhere to best practice and best information relevant to, you know, wh- whatever's the established science of the time, even yeah. though that can change and update over time. That's a lot. When, when someone goes through that, that whether they've torn a ligament, torn a tendon, torn a muscle, whatever it might be, yeah. how would you guide somebody coming back from having a soft tissue injury in terms of how they would approach getting back on the mat? Yeah, um, I suppose soft tissue, if we're assuming it's like maybe like a grade two injury, it's probably an average of six weeks just for your general tissue healing times but before you're back training you'd want at least pain-free full range of motion so whether you've torn your hamstring or, or whatever you'd want to be able to you know get a very similar range to your other side um and then within there especially with jiu-jitsu you would need some pretty reasonable strengths because you're under a high level of load when you're training um so yeah definitely need some some quality strength in there as well and then same as you guys talked about the other week, right? You start with your light drilling with a partner you trust. And then from there, you can progress as you're feeling good. Um, just be aware that if you decide to return earlier, you're going to have a heightened risk of re-injury. So it's kind of your own. I just want to roll. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hold me back. I just, come on. It's the only good thing in my life, Siobhan. I just want to <laughs> strangle people. Do it in drills. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah. Everyone's going to be very different and some people will recover really fast compared to other people depending on age and health and, and whatnot. Um, but definitely at least pick a good partner if you when you do return to rolling, someone, you know, maybe it's a higher belt or someone that you work with a lot that you no, know. No random heavyweight white belts. No, <laughs> none of those. Um, so someone that, you know, is not going to, you know, stretch you massively and, and potentially re-tear it and they can, you know, work around it because you can roll to different intensities, obviously. So definitely start lighter and, and then go from there. That's what I did with my injury and just picked people I trusted to start with and then you go from there as you get more confident. That's cool. That's good advice. Yeah. And so if you're looking at, you know, you were saying six weeks to... Yeah, very broad. But for, for the initial, like just we, we are being very general here and that's yeah. fine yeah. because there's some very general advice, but you're... Yeah. You're a qualified person. You could say as you as you wish, and really, we're erring on the side of caution. We're yes. not we're not encouraging people to do anything wild or crazy. No. After that six weeks, you're saying you want to you've got the range of motion. You're trying to get range of motion back, pain free. Yeah. What is the kind of time on top of that where you feel somebody could restore some strength? Would it be another six weeks on top of that, or eight weeks? Or good question. It depends on the initial severity as well. Like a complete tear is going to be very different to a light sprain like strain right so, so something that doesn't require surgery yeah but give yourself probably another year four to six weeks to be like fully back um that's a very general guess depends what body part it is as well and how you know imperative it is to jiu-jitsu you know some things are going to get squished or stretched a bit more when you're rolling but i reckon yeah probably another six weeks you don't give yourself a week or two of just drilling lightly with good people and then Another yeah, week or two of light rolls and then another week or two of, of testing yourself out. You want to just make sure that when you are drilling or rolling or whatever it is that, you know, you feel all right during the session and then you also feel okay the next day. How you pull up, right? Yeah, that's super important. You might feel completely fine during the session, but if you pull up super stiff, super sore, you've got, you know, swelling inflammation in the area, that tells you that you did a bit too much. Right. So you need to back it back a little bit. And everyone's going to be different, but you do have to sort of toe that line. You will have to test it out eventually. 
Yes. Uh, but you know, you want to do it in the in the safest way so you don't end up back at square one and re-injure yourself and have to do the whole thing again. Yeah, nightmare. You're better, no one's better off taking another week or two um instead of you know another uh, three or four months. Yeah. yeah. And so another question from another person in the crew mm. is dealing with a cranked neck. Now, yep. <laughs> obviously, uh, spines are complex things. But, you know, for example, say you're in class and they're practicing chokes or yeah. drilling guillotines, and you know that sensation where you're like, oh, you know, the class isn't even over. You're like, ah, yep. my freaking yeah, neck. Yep. <laughs> so, is there any particular advice? Now, this isn't, we're not speaking about bulge discs here and we're not talking about nerve impingement or anything like that. Just saying, Someone's been yanking on your head. Yes. And, and and you wake up the next day after class, your neck is kind of jacked. Yeah. Is there anything that you would recommend relevant to managing that? Yeah, um, definitely. Heat packs are your best friends. They're great. That's going to help settle the, the muscles around your neck, which are going to have, you know, they're going to be pretty jacked up. So a heat pack, um, some gentle stretching or using like a spiky ball or a trigger point ball. You can use that all the way through your shoulders as well because obviously your neck and your shoulders are quite closely related and a lot of the muscles cross over. Doing some work through there too. And then just really gentle range of motion, right? Trying to, you know, side bend, forwards and back, rotating. Just gentle things. You can do your controlled articular rotations if you want to be fancy about it. But yeah, just be nice to it and try and keep it moving. Something we say keep it moving, way. right? Like don't just do nothing. No, we say at work, motion is lotion. I say that a lot. Um, yeah, keep it moving, keep it nice and warm, and then it should settle pretty well. Time is a, a good healer as well. Okay. That sounds almost like some relationship advice right there. <laughs> Time heals everything, yes. Time heals all. Get yourself a heat pack. <laughs> motion is lotion. Just keep hot moving. Shower, a hot shower works really well as well, actually, if you don't have a heat pack. All right. Um, just try and keep it moving. So. Next question, because this yep. is a classic, a jujitsu yes. staple, which is elbow hyperextension yes. from armbar. Now, often you get pops and cracks, but let's just yeah. assume the ligaments are all intact. Nothing is torn, but we know that feeling when the armbar has gone too far, yep. you tap, they kept going, whatever it is. Yes. How do you approach dealing with that? Rule number one is try and calm it down. So whether you need to ice it up to you um protecting it as well so taping it if you're if it's good enough that you can still train i would definitely tape it um that's what i've done in the past so you want to try and keep it in a slightly flexed position so, so would you ever recommend a sling or anything like that or uh, not really nah, you want to keep it moving you just don't want to push it into that full extension right okay. so probably tape it so just a slight bend um so you're not further stretching it and then when you're not training you want to try and restore your normal range of motion not pushing it too much but just trying you know bend it straighten it get it moving and then from there once you're feeling pretty good you can start doing your strength work and your stability work would massage or palpation or any kind of soft tissue treatment assist in that yeah definitely like if you have an injury quite often all the muscles around it are going to seize up so Definitely working through the surrounding muscles is going to make it feel a lot better. But the actual ligament, we've got to protect it and not fully stretch it for a bit longer. Sure. Um, but, yeah, that would definitely make a big difference. If you want to use a heat pack on the muscle as well, that works too. Just sort of same as before, progress it slowly, try to do some strength and stability work, some weight-bearing things. Just tricep kickbacks. Just, yeah. <laughs> just get it strong as. Yeah. Even things like push-ups, right, having to, like, hold your yeah. weight. Stabilize yeah, there, like super important. If you can't do that, you probably shouldn't be rolling. Um, oh, look at <laughs> you. oh, I recommend people train, but if you can't do a push up, you can't train. Wow. <laughs> or at least weight bear, like a high plank or something. No, I totally um, understand. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you 100%. I'm the same. <laughs> if, you can't, if you can't do a push up because your elbow is so freaking wrecked, yeah. Imagine trying to do that with someone taking your back. Yeah. And your weight and their weight lands on that arm and it and it, and it can't stabilize properly. That's yeah. a nightmare. I push someone off the mountain or something like that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to be able to do these things. So. You've got to do those, those kind of uh, – I guess they're more demanding than we think. We take for granted how yeah. hard they are until yeah. we're injured and then we're yeah. like, bloody hell, can't do that at all. 
exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number one is just protect it and just tape it so it's not getting further stretched. Okay. So last but not least, this is just a fairly random question. I don't know if this is – I want to ask the question because I, I'd, yeah. like to, I'd like to know myself, but this might sound too general. Yeah. Uh, it was treatments for tendonitis. So yeah. for the, for, from what I've experienced in terms of the realm of jiu-jitsu, typically it will be more of a, a tennis elbow. Yeah, that's you know, right. Like from gripping and squeezing too much. So yeah. maybe we put it in that context as opposed to saying yeah. all tendonitis. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> you know, <laughs> because that's, that's, that's a pretty big question. That's a huge question. If, if someone has this kind of, you know, ache through brachioradialis, yeah. localised elbow pain, yeah. and we assume this is, you know, trying to put context around something general. Yeah. It comes from someone who's doing a lot of gripping, a lot of jujitsu. Yeah. How do you approach that? Yeah, to start with, we don't call it a tendonitis anymore. We call it a tendinopathy. Um, Ooh, okay, update. Yeah, because <laughs> itis infers it's like an inflammatory thing, and we know now that it's not unless it's a. There is one type that is a reactive tendinopathy which has some inflammation, but generally, a tendinopathy is not an inflammatory issue. It's more of like a failed healing response in the tendon, and that's due to overload. So in jiu-jitsu, you know, like you said, gripping too much, you've gone from not doing that a lot, and then all of a sudden you've started gripping heaps, those muscles, and then the tendon get overloaded too much and then it can't heal properly and then the collagen in the tendon goes through some degenerative changes and then that's when you get your pain and your tendinopathy okay so yeah it's more of a loading issue so number one you got to try and get that under control so as best as you can we want to try and avoid the aggravating factors so in jiu-jitsu it's gonna be really hard <laughs> things like full bending or extending of your elbow can be quite aggravating sometimes um activities where you're sort of lifting things with your palm down can be really hard as well want to try and avoid those as much as possible you can get some nice like tennis elbow braces it's a little band that goes around like your forearm and that helps to distribute the load across the tendons Um, so that can be good so maybe worth using one of those if you're training and then from there really we just want some like good load through it so tendons like isometric exercises so that's where we're kind of like holding against the resistance but not moving um so you want to start with those ones and then from there it's just that progression again you know once you're comfortable doing those without pain you can progress the weight and then you can start doing some eccentrics which is where you're lowering could hanging help in that initial phase it can do. It's a very heavy load, though. It depends how acute, like how aggravated you are, right? Some people right. Can probably get away with it. Some people can't even pick up a pen without it hurting. Right, right, yeah. So <laughs> it depends what you can deal yeah. with. Yeah. Um, if it's not too bad, then, yeah, hanging is obviously going to be some really nice isometric load. But in that, your elbow is fully straight. So that's quite hard. Okay. Usually yep. things like, you know, when your elbow is bent at 90 degrees, it's kind of like the, the nicest position for it so if it's pretty sore you probably want to start there so start easy and yeah with forearms supported you know and then yeah build up that's literally everything that's they can be really tricky um so it's probably another thing to see someone about yes they can linger for ages if you don't get that load in right and you might not even realize what the thing you're doing to it that keeps sending it off is um, I think generally it's jujitsu. <laughs> <laughs> In this context, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it's hard. They like they generally do go all right on their own, but they're quite a long term thing. Like, I think six to twelve months child oh. situation. Yeah, no one. Another no super big thing. <laughs> nobody wants to hear that, but uh, no, I mean, <laughs> but that's all right. That's the truth, right? People need truth, to hear yes. they the are truth, and they suck. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah, it can retire you. If you have that chronic elbow pain, you can't grip. You're hmm. not you're not going to be doing well at jiu-jitsu. Yeah. But I try on those braces. They can help just spread out some of the load. Doing some, you know, gentle release work through the muscles as well is going to help. What I was going to say is what would be great is, and obviously I don't want to get you completely flooded with uh, spam questions. <laughs> yeah. But if people are on the Sunshine Coast or yes. people do jiu-jitsu and maybe – they would love to get a BJJ a woman's 
uh, slash physios take on, yep. on things. How do people contact you and find you? So I work at Sports and Spinal in Sippy Downs on the Sunshine Coast, so they can always um, inquire there. Well, what I can do is I can put I your yep. details, whether it be an email or a messaging service or something, in the show notes. Yep. So if people have some questions, maybe they can hit you up. Yep. First, the clinic email um, is sippydowns at sportsandspinalphysio.com.au, so they can always inquire there if they want to book in with me. Otherwise, if they're in the Facebook group, they can always person i'm happy to answer yeah yeah so for those of you out there listening if you are not on our facebook community it is literally bulletproof for bjj community you can search it it's a a public group everybody is welcome yes Um, (laughs) yeah i don't have a page or anything specific um so that's probably the best way facebook you are clearly a tough human (laughs) you've done tough things Uh, you know it's very apparent (laughs) and you're also very knowledgeable is there something from your own experience, not only as a physiotherapist, but as just somebody who likes to get after it and train, is there some very simple advice that you could give to anyone listening to this? That could be a white belt, could be a blue belt, it could be a yeah. black belt who's just chronically injured. Yes. Is there anything that you could give to them that you would just personally recommend they do to help get them out of injury and pain mm-hmm. and, and moving towards the health? Join a gym. Best thing I ever did personally. And then like, honestly, your program um, is is really good because you can definitely do the wrong things in the gym. So I think if you want something simple, your guys' program is super important. But yeah, just some general strength work makes a huge difference for so many people. I see that work even, you know, you can't go wrong getting strong. There's another little catchphrase we oh, like to there use. There you go. <laughs> We're full of them. Get involved in the gym or if you do it at home, but just doing some basic strength work makes a huge difference. Um, just for your quality of life as well. So just doing jujitsu just isn't, it's not enough. It's not quite enough. Emotionally, yes, but, <laughs> <laughs> but physically you need something else as well, unfortunately. Get comfortable at the gym or doing it by yourself, but yeah, get stronger. Yeah. Amazing. I think that's a great note to leave it on. Yeah. Siobhan, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate the input. And you never know, I think there might even be room for a round two. So thank you once again. Yeah, definitely look forward to talking to you in future. Same, likewise. Thanks, JT. Thanks, guys.